This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. Welcome to another Who's Who at NASA podcast. Today on the Who's Who, we have David Mitchell, Maven Project Manager from NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. Dave, thanks for being with us. To set the stage, can you tell us what is the Mars Atmosphere and Volatile Evolution spacecraft, or MAVEN? Yeah, so um, the, the focus in the past has been what's, what's been happening on, on the surface. Um, so both with rovers, you know, and, um, you know, whether they have, um, uh, you know, whether they're soil samplers or, um, you know, uh, visually observing the terrain or, or the uh, temperatures or whatnot, or orbiters that have um, um, high-resolution cameras on board, like uh, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, that's focused on what's what's uh, what's going on with the surface. Um, there has been orbiters, you know, with some uh, sensors on board that give the science team, and particularly the Maven science uh, team, some tantalizing hints on what might be happening um, with the atmosphere. But this is the one mission, the first one that was put together specifically to um, answer the questions about what's what's happening in the upper atmosphere. So they, you know, a lot of the scientists on this team have been a part of Mars missions for a long time, and there is um, a lot of unanswered questions about what's happen, happening up there in the upper atmosphere. And so they they got a group together and, and discussed um, with the leadership of the principal investigator, uh, uh, Bruce Tchaikovsky, what what do we want to go after? What kind of um, you know what kind of knowledge are we seeking, and what kind of instruments um, can we develop, or that have been developed in the past that we can uh, bring to bear on this uh, mission and, and answer those questions? So they they really um, you know started with a clean sheet of paper um, going after these kinds of questions, and it was I don't recall the year, but in the early 2000s. Um, there was a, a decadal survey that came out um, that, you know, th- these were areas of strong interest um, that the MAVEN mission is, in fact, answering. Sure, and, and you said there's a lot of interest. Why is the study of the Mars atmosphere uh, an important one? There's um, evidence that there was water on Mars. Um, there was evidence that there's quite a bit of water on Mars, whether it's, um, you know, the visualized evidence they're seeing or, or some of the things that are you know, through the rovers through the years, but or, or seeing um, remotely, that is, from, from orbiters or from the rovers, you know, of, of riverbeds. And, and there's um, there's some speculation at one point, and we're talking billions of years, you know, up, uh, nearly four billion years ago, there's speculation that there might even have been a, a, a large body of, all, of water even characterized as an ocean um, on, on the surface. So what they're going to do is they're, they're going to, um, A, analyze um, what's, what's the composition of the atmosphere up there right now, and then over a year's time, the, the primary science mission is, is one Earth year, um, although, you know, after we get up there safely and we're taking good science, there's the hope that, that you know, funding and, and everything would, you know, be allowed to extend the mission, but the primary um, mission is a one-year um, um, uh, mission where they will they will be able to see changes um, over that period of time. Even even that just that one year period of time, they'll be able to 
see some changes and a particular interest with what's happening what's happening with the solar cycle. So they'll be coming down the, um, the solar max will have already occurred and, and they'll just be coming down from solar max. And the scientists say that this is a, a very a, a strong area of interest this, this particular time in the 11-year in the cycle because it, it typically in, in the past it's um, been a time of high volatility with the solar storm. So the interactions between Sun, the sun and, and the Mars atmosphere in that one-year uh, period of time, um, as well as what's been happening with the escape of, um, uh, of compounds and, and um, uh, the, uh, escape from the surface, uh, they'll be able to see. They'll be able to um, go backwards in time and project back in time um, what things could have been like on, on Mars a long time ago. There's speculation that there was, we have, I mentioned we have magnetometers. There's speculation that um, there was a strong magnetic field. Um, um, I, I'm not sure as strong as the Earth's protective magnetic field, but um, there's, there's um, speculation that at some point in time that magnetic field um, uh, changed and, and diminished. And without that protective layer, the solar storms, uh, uh, would uh, slowly erode and, and rip away a lot of the atmosphere. So this is, uh, uh, again, looking at the current state, looking at the, the rate of escape um, that's happening with uh, um, the various particles and, and compounds, um, and, and then over the period of a year, being able to extrapolate backwards in time on, on what could have happened and, and perhaps why things changed uh, so dramatically over um, several billion years. Now, uh, from a technology perspective, when you're when you're designing these packages, what would you say are your biggest uh, challenges? Um, well, the good news in this one is um, a lot of the technology is um, is um, I wouldn't say um, identical, um, but they they leveraged a lot of these uh, these um, instruments off of uh, previous missions. So a lot of the particles and fields mission. Uh, particles field package um, have flown on um, um, other types of missions such as uh, um, if you've heard of the stereo mission um, that that's uh, that's a mission that's um, earth orbiting and um, excuse me that that's a that's a solar um, looking um, uh, mission but it's not it's not one at Mars um, so they've been able to um, utilize um, a lot of existing technology from other uh, missions that have succeeded. Same with remote sensing package. They've leveraged up of uh, similar type packages that they've um, used in other planetary missions, non-Mars uh, planetary missions. Um, and then the, um, the neutral gas and ion mass spectrometer uh, package, that one they've been, um, there, there's, a, there's a mission in development right now called uh, the LADI mission, and it's a, it's a lunar mission. And so um, they built a, an instrument uh, with NGIMS that's similar in type to uh, another mass spectrometer that's going to be orbiting the moon. Um, also, the same group at Goddard that built, is building the NGIMS built uh, the surface analysis at Mars uh, um, instrument that's currently on the MSL um, uh, spacecraft that's on, on the surface of Mars right now. So, um, you know, it, they're, they're complex in their own ways, but um, we, 
we've um, leveraged a lot from uh, previous missions and previous um, the instrument designs. The same goes with the, uh, uh, the the spacecraft, where we've leveraged a lot from the heritage of uh, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter that was built and launched, I think it was 2005. Um, but then there was upgrades with the avionics boxes. Um, you know, there, there's always, you know, supplier change, changes. Um, there's always better ways uh, to improve the packaging of these things. So there has been with the avionics boxes um, leveraging off of um, uh, hardware that was uh, built and delivered for the Juno mission that was launched um, uh, in, in, the, in the past years. Same with the another mission called Grail. So um, a lot of this was built on um, getting it getting it pulled together with um, um, a lot of existing technology rather than um, starting from, from scratch, other than, again, these instruments were being built for a different environment, that is the Mars environment. Mm -hmm. What are the next big milestones for, uh, for this project? Um, so we're... Right now, we're in the thick of it with uh, delivering all the instruments. At this point in time, of the eight um, that we have slated um, to uh, be installed, um, six of them have been uh, delivered and uh, integrated here at Lockheed Martin. I say integrated, that's really present tense. Um, a bunch of the particles and fields packages came in a week ago, and they're, they're bolting them on now. They're doing uh, harness uh, connections, safe domains, and all that as you know this week. So. That's really fresh. The remote sensing package was delivered last last uh, month, and then uh, trailing will be one of the other particles and fields packages, as well as the the neutral gas and ion mass spectrometer. So that's a big milestone at this point. And then in um, January, the next big milestone is we start into system level um, environmental testing. So we'll uh, we'll start with something called the mag swing test. Uh, we'll go into uh, acoustics, uh, EMI, EMC, vibration, thermal vacuum testing. Um, hope, to, hope to wrap up um, at the end of the spring, and then um, then we will. Um, the, the current plan is to ship to the Cape uh, in the beginning of August, um, and then we're just on the on the road to you know the integration with the launch vehicle and on to launch. So things are really it, it's. It's all coming together now. All the hardware is really coming together. And it's so far, things are really, you know, things are talking to each other the way they should be talking to. There's not been a lot of surprises, not a lot of uh, hardware changes or software rewrites um, uh, because part of what we, we did early is um, there was a couple of um, what they call spacecraft test lab um, um, racks um, that a lot of this hardware that's that's coming in. We used engineering development units for, I'm talking about um, payload subsystems, excuse me, spacecraft subsystems for instrument um, elements that were engineering development units, and we plugged them into the simulated uh, spacecraft and ran through a lot of scripts, make sure everything's talking okay. And now that the real flight hardware is coming in, we're, we're seeing very little surprises. So it's uh, really worked out well for us on, on that front. Um, so, so, so far, so good. And, um, so, you know, we get into environmental testing, there's typically some surprises, and it's, um, you know, how do we respond to that and, and work through the issues? And I 
so far, I've seen a great team working together, and I, I expect we'll continue to operate that way. Yeah, as project manager, can you give me an idea of how that team does work together and, and kind of your job within that? Right. So um, we, we um, you know, we're, we're constantly communicating. You can't over-communicate. Um, I'm not saying, um, you know, I mean, we communicate in different ways. Um, I'll say since we started this full integration and test, um, what's called that low out here, but uh, since we started assembling the whole spacecraft, um, one, either myself or one of my key lead uh, managers on the project is out here at Lockheed Martin every single week. So um, there's, there's, you know, they, they know we're just down the hall and, and we're available to, to uh, uh, work any issues. Uh, those, those people as well, the ones here or the instrumenters around the country, you know, they're all road warriors. You know, you, you the best thing to do is be face-to-face and work through the problem, and there's a lot of that done. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, we sync up on a, on a weekly basis at the management level, and it's not just, you know, my, my senior staff at the project. Um, it's my senior staff at the project along with the, the leads at all the partner institutions, and we make sure we're all on the same page um, each week. Um, and then there's a lot of lower-level uh, meetings and, and working groups that are going on throughout the week. Uh, another thing I did and our team did was um, I, I, I assume you're familiar with this, these phases of a, of a NASA mission, so phase B or phase C or phase D. Mm-hmm. Uh, between phases, um, I'll say between phase, uh, phase B and C and then between phase C and D, um, I got the senior management from all the institutions together um, for a day and a half, just to um, you know, share lessons learned, you know, document them, and talk about um, going forward. Because we're going into a new phase, how do we need to operate differently? If everything's fine, then no problem. But you know, there's typically there's things you do differently, whether you're in the design phase or you're in the you know, lower level build phase or now at the observatory assembly phase. Um, that you know, we can streamline or we need to delve deeper in this area. Um, so we, we, we pause and take a breath. And finally, what would you say is your favorite part of the job? Yeah, um, you know, I really enjoy working with this group and um, the group around the country. You know, I, I make the rounds, get out to Berkeley and, and Boulder and Lockheed Martin and JPL and KSC. I, I did mention KSC before. They're there. They're a group with ULA that are providing the launch vehicle, so that's obviously a very key part of this. But you know, working with these this group of highly motivated people, and there's something about Mars missions that I, I I now see here working this job that really gets the excitement going with everybody, and they you know, and they they really get the dead, the hard deadline with the launch date, um, and you know, it's all hands on deck and. I, it, it's just, it's a great team. They're very skilled and uh, real pleasure to work with. And then the other part is, boy, for years you're working on paper. You're seeing these designs on paper and get reviewed and reviewed. And now we're, we're, we're seeing it all come together. The hardware's being built and the hardware's all talking to each other and working as design. So that's very exciting. And then, you know, getting the launch campaign is another part of the excitement. But what would really be great is when we get to Mars and we start getting the data from the science community. They, they've been waiting for this for 
uh, you know, many, many years. So, uh, you know, the, the principal investigator at this point has worked um, nine, nine, almost ten years on the job. And so, you know, it's well over a decade before he starts getting the data that he's, he's dreamed about here. So, really excited to see that part of it. Sure. Well, thanks very much, dude, for taking the time to speak with us here at Mass Tech Briefing.